Welcome to a special edition of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Matt Stewart of GPB Sports. Earlier this month, the National Federation of High Schools approved the use of instant replay for member associations in state high school football playoff games. This is the first time that's happened. This could change the way state playoff games are officiated. To talk more about it, I'm joined on the line by Robin Hines. He's the executive director of the Georgia High School Association now in his second year with the GHSA. Robin, thanks a lot for being with us today. My pleasure. Well, they've opened the door for member associations like the Georgia High School Association to do this, and I know this is not a new topic, but where does the GHSA stand in light of the National Federation ruling and approval? Well, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, we're always looking for ways to improve and uh, this type of thing. It really hasn't been an option for us before. Uh, you know, we'll just take it to the committee and let them see where uh, they are. You know, it'll go to the football committee and they'll talk about it. And, you know, I don't know if we're ready for that. Uh, you know, our uh, association was not wanting to discuss it last year, but now that the NFHS has um, given the go-ahead, I'm sure it'll be a topic of discussion at our April meeting. Okay, so an April meeting, would that allow for – if it's approved to be implemented during the 2019 season? Oh, it could be, you know, but, uh, you know, that's certainly up. It would go through the football committee and then to the state executive committee, and they would have to make that decision. What is your personal feelings about instant replay in high school football? Well, I think that, uh, you know, my personal feeling is as long as there are human beings that are involved in whatever you do, they're going to be – uh, mistakes and this sort of thing. We've we've seen it in the pros. We've seen it in the college. You know where they have millions of dollars worth of equipment to do that. You know, I, I personally feel like our officials do a great job. You know, they're very well trained, and uh, I think if we do have it, you know, we'll figure out the best way to do it because there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just going and look, you got to figure out, are you going to do it through a challenge situation? Who's going to be sitting in the booth? What type of uh, challenges are going to be allowed and this type of thing? So, uh, you know, one way or another, I think that our officials are going to do a great job. What, um, what do you see as the biggest challenges to the uh, replay system? Would it be the expense of that or the availability of that? Uh, for games, and again, this is just for playoff games. The the federation approved for playoff games, not regular season games. Well, I think all of the above. Um, you know, um, when you when you talk about, you know, what type of equipment is going to be used. Uh, you know, they did a pilot study uh, this past year in Alabama, and they made it voluntary. And I think there were about 20 schools that chose to do that because their ongoing rental costs of equipment, and then plus an upfront investment of this type of thing. And if any school feels like they're going to be in the playoffs and host the playoffs, they have to have that equipment. You know, so I think that's problematic in itself. Uh, probably a more realistic view of things would be if we were to play in the Mercedes-Benz where the technology already exists uh, would would seem to be more feasible. You know, I wouldn't see it uh, 
as a situation to where we would mandate it because it would basically become an unfunded mandate with an expense for many schools that, quite frankly, uh, couldn't bear the expense of it. You mentioned that the uh, the refs do a great job, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, uh, oftentimes folks in the stands and even those confessing here in the booth get confused with the rules because they're sometimes a lot different than college and the NFL. It's a hard job as it is. Uh, I think it's even tougher for them in MBS, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, because you have the spectacular halo board there, and in the event they do miss a call, Everybody in the world has a chance to see it, including them, but they have no recourse to change it. So it's a, I think it's an especially tough job, even tougher uh, when you're officiating those state championship games in MBS. Well, I think it is too, and, and whether it's a missed call or not, you know, that, that call is in the eye of the beholder. You know, I can think of several calls, uh, you know, that, that were in the Mercedes-Benz to where there's groups of people that thought it was a bad call, and there are others that thought it was a good call, you know, uh, but, but you're right. It is difficult. Uh, and it does put our officials and our teams on a different stage, you know, where you have the big halo boards and, and this type of thing. It, it makes it a little more difficult. That's for sure. Well, Robin, uh, two straight years now, uh, state championship games in Mercedes Benz stadium and, uh, not the fault of the Georgia High School Association, but twice now the schedules have been uh, changed because of weather and then because of Atlanta United playing in the MLS Cup this past season. Uh, the GHSA went to a Tuesday-Wednesday format. Uh, I've heard a lot of coaches actually be in favor of that. I don't know that the fans were, but the coaches seemed to like it because it gave them extra time to prepare for the final. Uh, what's kind of your analysis of what happened this past year and, and the fallout from it, good or bad, with the Tuesday-Wednesday state championship games? You know, to be honest with you, you know, after – of course we wanted to play on, on the weekend, uh, you know. But the, if, if you think back, you know, we kind of caught a break there too because the weather yeah. was terrible. I mean, it rained – you know, for the whole time that we would have been playing, and it was very, very cold, uh, you know, so we had better weather uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I believe more people came out. You know, we were very well attended. Uh, we had some of the best football that you could imagine. You know, on the positive side, you know, I felt like that when we built in those contingency dates, knowing that this could be a possibility, uh, you know, I thought from a coach's standpoint, you know, for those, you know, aggravating injuries and that sort of thing, you'd have a few more days for to be more healthy and that sort of thing. That certainly was the case. But, you know, it was a it was a really big success, you know, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. But, of course, we'd like to play on the weekend. And, and uh, it's my understanding that the Major League Soccer – uh, will not be a conflict next year. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it was the extra days or not, but I thought it was probably the the greatest uh, or most competitive group of eight state championship games that I can remember in a long time across the board. It was unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, we just couldn't have asked for better football games. And, uh, you know, just the, the, the level of play, the level of coaching and all that, I just don't think you can get better than the state of Georgia. But but back to the Tuesday-Wednesday deal, you know, of course, when it was evident to us that the um, Atlanta United was going to play their games, there was, 
there was a little bit of fussing and carrying on, you know, uh, you know, leading up to that. But, you know, once the games were here, there was nothing but positive uh, as far as our championships were concerned. A subject that has come up, and it comes up uh, quite often uh, when I'm talking to coaches, and I do that quite a bit during the high school football season, the return of or the possibility of returning state championship games to the home sites and maybe semifinals you know, at the big stadium, as has been done in the past. Uh, is there any thought on your side of things or movement on your side of things that would that possibly happening? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, quite honestly, our games have grown to the point that it's very difficult to have those at the home sites. You know, we did it a couple of years ago, but we had to control the crowds, you know, because we had tickets that were sold at the Mercedes-Benz that had to be honored at the sites, and therefore there were no pre-sale tickets allowed for the home sites, you know, to keep the crowds. And each of those places were uh, maximum capacity, and, you know, basically people had to be turned away. Uh, and plus, when you have the premier venue, uh, arguably, in the world, and plus it's inside in the second week of December where you never know what the weather is going to be like, just imagine had we had those games at the home sites on that Friday and Saturday when it virtually rained all over Georgia for the whole weekend. You know, that would have been a very difficult situation. So, you know, what I see us is staying in the Mercedes-Benz for the finals. Yeah, it's hard to argue against a site. Uh, you're hosting the Georgia High School Football State Championship Games in a site that is also the host for the Super Bowl college football national championship many of the biggest games in college football it's it's hard to argue against that i would agree with that let me it's a great it's a great uh, experience yeah. for our young people our student athletes oh i well. think so and i and i think for everybody involved quite frankly eight classifications in the georgia high school association right now when you count the 1a split <laughs> do you foresee a reducing of classifications, getting back to maybe some larger regions. This is another topic that comes up a lot with me when I'm talking to coaches during the season. Well, again, you know, that's up to the uh, reclassification committee and the executive committee. Uh, you know, I, I certainly am a proponent of going to six. You know, my feeling is, you know, we've got several regions with four teams in them. And I just think of if, if I'm a program of a uh, Colquitt County, Camden, Lowndes, Tifton, you know, of, of that level, and I've got to go out and find seven games, you know, that's very difficult for them. You know, we've got a lot of uh, regions with five teams in them, so they've got to find six games. You know, when you do that and you see a team like, uh, you've got a region that's like Valdosta, Northside, Hoco, Coffee, you know, and they've got to find six games. You know, they're having to travel into the metro area several times a year, and the, and the expense of doing that is a drain on their athletic accounts. For us to be able to go to six, where the majority of our regions would have seven to ten teams in them, and it would help with travel, it would help with finance, uh, we're interscholastic sports. It would have kids in class more. They'd have to miss less class due to travel. It seems like a pretty good deal. When you say six, do you mean six plus the 1A split or five plus the 1A split? 
it would be six. Yeah. We'd go to six from seven. I got you. So and, and reducing you by have one. To split. Yeah, right. reducing by one classification. Uh, one last topic I do want to hit before we go. Transfers, of course, there was a well-publicized case with the Marietta High School program this past year and some pretty stiff penalties handed down. Uh, do you feel like there's really a satisfactory solution to the transfer issue in the state of Georgia when, you know, folks are going to transfer and sometimes it's legitimate, sometimes it's not. How difficult is this to police and is there a, is there a satisfactory solution to this in your mind? Well, most, most transfers are legitimate. And, you know, we're a, we're a growing state and we're a transient state. You know, last year we processed over 10,000 transfers. And I would say that 99 point whatever percent of those are legitimate. Uh, you know, you do have some people and it's, and it's, and it's usually not schools, you know, it could be, you know, parents trying to get their kid into a different program or this, that, and the other. But, you know, I think that our rules are sound and it comes down to the integrity of the schools and basically the schools need to police themselves what people don't understand is at the Georgia High School Association, we have one compliance officer, including our administrative assistants. There are only 14 people that work mm. at the Georgia High School Association. So, uh, you know, we count on our schools who make up the association to police themselves, and integrity goes a long way. And I would say that uh, in that our schools do have integrity, and they police each other. So, uh, you know, we, we have some of the toughest transfer rules in all of the country, and there's a lot of states out there that wish that they had ours. I can say that. Robin, thanks so much for being with us and continued success with the Georgia High School Association. Well, I appreciate y'all supporting high school athletics. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. That's Robin Hines. He is the executive director of the GHSA. And that'll do it for this special edition of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at gpb.org forward slash podcast and subscribe to us for free anywhere podcasts are found. Our show is produced by Sean Powers. Football Fridays in Georgia is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Matt Stewart in for John Nelson. Thank you. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.